This is CliffCentral.com. Managing Director of what I'm sure is a beloved coffee spot for many, being their coffee company's Jonathan Robinson began his career in the IT industry. After a year abroad in 2002, he joined the Starfish Foundation that supports orphaned and vulnerable children to reach their true potential. In 2005, he combined his passion for this continent with his childhood love for coffee and established his coffee company. But knowing him, there had to be a twist to it. In fact, a couple. For one, it is South Africa's first roast of certified fair trade organic coffee, which is a production system that creates partnerships that seek greater equity in international trade and prohibits child or forced labor. His coffee being produced and roasted in Africa means a low carbon footprint and minimal environmental impact. Now, this is the point he's here for today. Jonathan's found a way to implement a living wage for his entire 40-strong staff body, something that's often said to be impossible in our country. Just a reminder, a living wage is the minimum income necessary for a worker to meet their basic needs. So let's find out from the horse's mouth how he managed to implement this. But to holistically explore these implications, we'll do a follow-up show with Lois Chaza, who's a former domestic worker that's now employed at Bean, their coffee company, on the impact that a living wage has had on her life so far. Welcome, Jonathan. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. How did you find out about living wages? Yeah, I think um, I found out about it through uh, Nigel Branken. Um, he uh, was a... A uh, good supporter of being there, and uh, he is mad about coffee, so he popped in many times to uh, to have coffee with us, and we got to know each other, and uh, I think over the course of uh, just general conversation, he mentioned that uh, he had done had uh, explored living wage with his with his own uh, domestic worker uh, and had gone on a journey um, in terms of understanding you know what was what was needed in order to live and uh, he wrote an article which I uh, which I read, and then um, he spoke at uh, at our church as well. And so through that, um, I suppose through those interactions and through just some conversation and debate with him, um, obviously got to got to understand uh, a little bit about what that means. I don't think I fully understand it now, <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, we certainly, I think we're certainly making making strides in a positive direction. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was the that was the exposure, and then. Uh, my sister Sarah spent a bit more time with Nigel, and uh, after uh, after that, uh, we decided to really take a good look at our whole sort of payroll and uh, um, and make some make some adjustments. Wow! So Nigel was working with one person, his domestic worker, hmm. and we had brought him in a couple of uh, months ago, and he mentioned how very difficult that was, and he couldn't keep it up. Yeah. So, what made you open to exploring that with? Your large staff body, you mentioned you have 40 people yeah, employed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like what, what made you willing to consider it for so many people? Um, I suppose um, the, the fact is, is that uh, I suppose the, the number um, in terms of you know, what, what we got to in terms of a living wage um, didn't, seem, didn't seem too out of reach. I, I guess uh, bef- beforehand I sort of had felt that we were – that we were paying fairly anyway. I mean, I, I suppose uh, it's a it's an educational sort of journey, and you discover that maybe you weren't doing what um, as well as you thought you were. Sometimes yeah. that happens as you just dis- as you discover more about yourself. Uh, and so, 
Yeah, I think um, I think when we looked at what uh, we looked at the at the living wage sort of um, discussion, and we looked at it in line with our um, with our payroll, we realised that yes, it was obviously going to cost us more, mm. um, but we just decided as a company and as our shareholders that we were going to do it regardless. Okay. Um, and so we just we looked at the numbers, we budgeted, and we made it. You know, we said we'll make it work. But you said that you felt like you were paying fairly well before already. Mm. So was that in relation to market standards? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's how we started. I mean, we because of being a fair trade company, mm. uh, we wanted to, and, and everything that I have spoken about in terms of our business is is about fair trade. And I've obviously in many occasions said that fair trade is not for us just about paying our producers well but it's fair trade is is part of our company dna mm. um and that uh, it's how we it's how we treat our suppliers it's how we treat our customers so our coffee should be a fair price and we should pay our suppliers and when they ask us to pay them um, we should <laughs> treat the terms fairly um you know so so we believe that fair trade should permeate our whole business um, and uh, so I guess I'd already, you know, in terms of what we paid people, we were, we did market analysis to see, you know, what our competitors were paying and we pegged ourselves above that. And that's mm-hmm. how we'd started. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so maybe the jump wasn't, um, that, you know, as significant, but I think where we really, um, uh, notice it was just by almost setting a baseline and saying, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter, um, how little skill you may come to be in there with, you will, um, this is the minimum. Um, and uh, that's the starting point. Okay, so that is hmm. where you started exploring it. Hmm. And what were some of the changes that you might have immediately realized upon starting to pay that amount? Yeah, so obviously uh, a number um, a number of our employees were already well above the, oh, okay. the living minimum living wage, so that so I suppose its effect was was on people who had just started or um, on on jobs that were were I'd say you know probably less skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know skilled jobs we've always been you know I suppose would would always have been well above that already. Um, but sometimes you know if you're starting as a um, in packing and and cleaning and um, it's something that you can you can pick up. After you know one or two days, um, there's not a whole lot of education and skill sort of required. Um, that was where we made the made that jump and that start. And did you hit any setbacks at that initial start? Um, no, I think you know what we did is we just took a, a look through our you know our whole sort of payroll and then just worked out. I suppose we apply. I try to do everything super simply, mm. otherwise I get too confused by complicated systems so we just basically looked at you know whoever wasn't on on the minimum and just met with them all and just moved them and um, and how did you explain that to them because hmm. i mean if for some the jump was fairly high so it's not necessarily that it works like an increase um, yeah, did you yeah. explain the, the concept first to them and that that's what you were trying to implement yeah we did uh, we explained what we what we decided to do and that we'd I felt that uh, we wanted to wanted to change the minimum point um and and the basis you know from which we'd sort of uh, embarked on this journey of you know just explained um you know Nigel's sort of piece and said you know that we really want, felt that uh, we needed to you know be have a, a minimum that is higher than where we were 
Um, and uh, obviously, anyone who was there was was quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as I said, I don't know that we were. Hect- I don't know that we were, you know, too far off it anyway. So it wasn't. I wouldn't say like anyone suddenly got you know doubled their salary mm-hmm. because I do feel like we were, you know, we were we were trying to be as fair as we as we could. Um, and so the move was, you know, was was for some certainly a move. But um, it, it wouldn't have been a massive sort of shock, I suppose. How yeah. many staff members did you start with when you first opened the company? Um, so one, yeah. So me, one. Yeah. So <laughs> me, I did it. You know, uh, you know, I did everything, I guess. Oh wow. Um, so in the beginning, it was, uh, yeah, that lasted about three months as I tried to pack and um, <laughs> pack and deliver an invoice and all of that. Uh, and then I called my sister back from she was studying in Canada at the time, and I said, "I'm sure you can study through UNISA. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you come back and help me because I desperately need help in the admin area." Mm. Um, when she arrived after three months, I think I had all the invoices and all the money we'd been paid in a drawer. <laughs> I hadn't done any banking, um, and so I do the same. She she had everything. Had to lie everything out on the floor and try and work out who had paid and who oh, hadn't wow. paid and um, and get it all together. And uh, yeah, then um, so it was the two of us for a, probably about six months, and then uh, Seppo uh, was our first employee, mm. and he joined. Uh, yeah, and he is um, with us twelve years later. So, so you immediately hmm. started paying him fairly. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose uh, I'm trying to think what we paid him at that point. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. On the terms you understood as, hmm. as fair at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I guess the point that I'm trying to come at hmm. is that you've grown significantly from from that start, and, yeah, and 12 yeah. years is quite a a good time to be hmm. in business and to be growing yeah. um, at a sustainable pace. So, so even though you were paying what you considered fair, um, you were still able to get to generate profit and to grow. Yeah, so it's not necessarily yeah. that it limited or inhibited mm-hmm. your growth. Would, yeah, you, would yeah. you say that's correct? Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, it hasn't been a profit every year business. <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. Um, you know, I think on, you know, as we've, as on balance, we are definitely, we, we're definitely um, square and maybe a little bit ahead. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we haven't, uh, from a profitability point of view, I mean, we haven't shut the lights out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some, uh, some months, uh, or some years when we've made a loss and some years when we've made a profit. Uh, there's so many factors in our business, which have made it really difficult. Uh, I mean, the exchange rate has just killed us for so many years. You know, we'd mm. set at all our prices and because we buy coffee in dollars, um, so many years, the exchange rate just cost us. Our margin, oh. um, and that was that's been really tough. Uh, so any year that it sort of stabilizes a bit, we managed to catch up. So last year, with it sort of settling in, you know, at, at the thirteen as opposed to the sixteen that it was, hmm. um, you know, that that meant that we we made some profit last year, but it hasn't always it hasn't always been that way. And in fact, I remember at one point uh, meeting with some investors who loved our you know coffee and our quality and our model or whatever and then they looked at everything and they said um, you pay too much um uh, oh. for your coffee mm. in particular and uh if you paid less for your coffee and gave the producers less of a price and negotiated better um you could put more margin in your business oh, wow. so it's always a bit of a trade off you know mm. you're looking at that um i think whenever you 
make a decision to pay you know the producers well for their coffee and to um, to um, pay your staff well um, then there's obviously that does that does does affect the um, you know the profit so. mm. and for those who might think that paying someone fairly affects their productivity um, mm. that if they if you pay someone fairly they get comfortable or too comfortable yeah. um, and they know that no matter what whether they do good or bad work they will mm. still get good pay <clears throat> mm. what would you say to that do you think that there is some truth in it um, you know I think that uh, I think in fact it, in my view it would have the opposite effect I think you create a good work a good environment where people who are you know paid well I mean obviously they still have to get the job done so mm. it's not gonna it's not gonna mean that you know there's not you know pressure on and and uh, demands on you know be on time get here put in your hard you know work if you say you know I'm only taking you know 45 minutes for lunch today you know then then stick with that you know so I think you know, we'd Obviously, want you know people to still perform well, and we'd push for that, you know. Um, but I think uh, I often believe that if we if we pay people well, um, then the opportunity we also cut out opportunities for people to land up, you know, stealing or, you know, we sometimes by by not paying people well, we push them into situations where they, you know, can land up doing stuff that they would maybe not have otherwise done mm-hmm. had they been um, paid well. I think you also get you get far more stability. Uh, I look at uh, our turnover of staff when we really don't, you know, we really don't uh, um, lose many people. You know, they um, tend to tend to stay with us for a long time. So, is it as straightforward as increasing pay, um, or are there um, a lot of different ways to look at? Exploring giving a living wage to an employee. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the I, I think it does. I mean, pay I think is the the main the main factor. Uh, I think we can't. Uh, I mean, the other things that we can add. I mean, we've we've uh, offered uh, um, medical aid as well, where where we would pay sixty percent of your plan, um, and uh, that's something we obviously you know we do things like the, everyone has uh, retirement annuities, and um, so I think there's uh, um, I guess there's some other aspects that sort of pull it all you know pull it all together, but ultimately you know everyone just. Everyone would like to earn more money. I think that's the <laughs> it's the easiest way to reward people. Um, we try to do, uh, you know, in our staff reviews to set um, some sort of uh, key performance uh, indicators of people trying to, you know, grow in their particular um, in their particular jobs. Sometimes it's hard to um, it's hard to find to find things that people are in control of. So it's not mm. setting KPIs is not. Uh, is not so easy. Yeah, no, they are hard to they are hard to set. But have there been any risky sacrifices you've needed to make to sustain paying living wages? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the sometimes when you look at the when you do look at your salary bill and which is pretty set, and then you look at the you know at, at tough months, you realise that these you know these percentages get out. Um, the you know there's there'd be an argument for. Uh, for keeping salaries as low as possible and paying bonuses, you know, to make mm-hmm. it up, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't help people on a, you know, on a day to day, day to day basis. It certainly helps the company, mm. but um, yeah. So, 
So when you are struggling and uh, those numbers at the bottom line are negative, <laughs> you, know, you do look up, upwards and say, oh, you know, we've got quite a lot of these expenses which are sort of pretty immovable. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, I think we also try and operate well with the people that we have. So I, I don't think that uh, we've always been very careful about uh, um about making sure that uh, we add people as as we need, so that mm. um, not just I suppose on one hand not to say that you know everyone has worked so hard that they're <laughs> absolutely maxed out, yeah. um, but but uh, at the same time if you have sometimes if you land up in a situation where you don't have enough work and you have too many people you start to you know you do you would start to panic. Mm. So you've mentioned a lot of factors that affects one's livelihood mm. um, and sense of of financial stability. Yeah. So I want to just throw out a few of them, just so that you can give us a a, a bit of a take on it. Mm. Um, so let's start with financial literacy. Yeah. Um, so in spite of receiving a better amount of money, mm. you can still misuse that amount. Yeah. Have you approached? Um, that issue with your staff, and if so, how? Yeah, we've done um, we've done quite a lot of stuff around financial literacy. Uh, we've done we've we've done sessions on on budgeting. We tried to make it uh, quite interactive and sort of um, quite simple. We had uh, um, Tim, our um, operations guy, he put together all little um, colored sort of stickers that you'd put on, put on a little, um, little budget to work out, um, you know, where your money was going. Um, and then Sarah, my sister at one point sat down, um, worked, uh, sat down with everyone, um, and, uh, you know, just offered some help around, around budgeting and, uh, tried to, um, you know, to, to give some advice in that space. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit difficult because people aren't always, that excited to to share their personal finances with their with mm-hmm. their boss necessarily, so that has you know some success and and uh, in some cases have some disasters no no no, <laughs> no disasters but you know maybe maybe less success mm. um, yeah so I think it is I think it is really important I think the the part that you know we we spent uh, quite a lot of time looking at people's debt, and I think that's something that is uh, is a real problem. Mm. Um, I think uh, when your fi- if your financial literacy is low, you land up accepting you know accepting money that you looks like it's for free, um, <laughs> only to discover that uh, there's a thing called a, you know an interest charge mm. um, that suddenly builds up pretty swiftly. And uh, so, and I think you know that's. Uh, um, I get so so angry with um, you know, with companies preying on people's lack of financial literacy. Yeah. Um, to offer you know clothing accounts and you know credit or whatever. Um, you know, uh, at sums that should do not line up with with the salary. Um, and so yeah, we went through. Uh, we did go through a process. Um, with our staff at uh, at a point in time where um. Where we looked at we looked at everyone's um, at the, everyone's debt situations if they were keen to share, and uh, and then um, took on ourselves that debt and settled it. Was there anyone um, that wasn't keen to share? Um, some people some people didn't say they had any, and then only it, it did come out afterwards. Oh, okay. um, so at the time, you know, they said no, 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 everything's fine, you know, hmm. and. Uh, um, I think that's normal. Sometimes we don't want to, we don't necessarily want to share stuff that 
either we're not happy with or, you know, we want to create an image that is different. I think we all do that. So, yeah. But has your company become yeah. an environment that feels safe to talk about finances? I think so. I mean, I think it, to, to, with, with successes and, and, you know, we have to tread a bit carefully there. So, uh, we, we took a, um, I think at some point, uh, you know, Sarah, my sister, particularly took quite a sort of strong approach of saying, no, this isn't it. You need to look at everyone's stuff and you know, help everyone get out. And then, uh, and that strong approach doesn't um, work for everyone. Mm. Um, and uh, then we had a little bit of um, maybe a little bit of pushback and say, no, I'm not really interested in sharing. So then we made it more <laughs> voluntary as opposed to mm. it felt like maybe a little bit um, sort of prescriptive to start. Uh, and that's not what we want. We, yeah. we, we obviously we would like to help where we can, um, and you know we do provide quite a lot of staff loans, and you know we're very open with you know I'd, I'd much rather people came um, to me and we see what we can do. We can't always do everything. And you work with interest but, um, rates as well. Yeah, so we okay. didn't in the beginning, um, but then but that's not really it's not really fair on yeah. the company and on our shareholders if we're sort of a, a free money. <laughs> I'd like to do all, you know, um, to utilize that myself then. So it's not fair when we're paying, we were paying interest because um, we have an overdraft as well. So we're paying interest on our on money to borrow from the bank to loan it to our staff and no interest is not really, that's mm. not really fair trade either. Um, so we do, so we do charge interest and just a percent a month. So it works out to 12% if you had for the whole year as opposed to. With the twenty sixes and thirties, and you know, so it's yeah. a it's a very good point that you bring up that although it must be fair for your employees, it must be fair for your company too. Hmm. And so the fair trade isn't one sided. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I yeah. think, I mean, I, I I often and until you've said you said that, I I imagined living wage as being a one sided thing. Hmm. So I think it's a it's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next um, livelihood component uh bonuses hmm. how do you deal with bonuses um when you've given your staff body decent enough wage throughout the year yeah how do you how, um, do, you, how do you look at that we've always felt that and uh that if we if we make a profit um that we would share that so that's you know from the beginning uh we just haven't had that many years <laughs> when we have so it's not as hard to do uh but uh yeah, you know, and we've we've looked at different ways of you know we've tried different ways of of doing bonuses. Um, we've done we've done uh, we did one year where everyone we just put a section in and everyone sort of got the same amount regardless of what uh, what you did. Um, and then we've done some where you where we've uh, done sort of a, a, a percentage of your you know of your salary. So depending on how we how we did as a how we did as a company. Um, and so yeah, so last year we did. You know, we got to some of our targets, so we got to 50, we paid fifty percent bonuses on everyone's salary, hmm. wow. um, and uh, yeah. But it is the down. I mean, I've had to be quite quite clear that uh, you know that it's not it's not like an expected thing. It's very yeah, consistent much, or fixed amount. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, it's all dependent on how we do. Yeah. Mm. And is your staff comfortable enough as you continue to mm. explore these different models with them? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I've also been, tried to be quite uh, – so we tried to give sort of updates um, at least sort of a couple of times a year as to, you know, how are we doing? You know, are we behind or ahead of our target? Um, yeah, and uh, so, I th so so that people sort of know know where we're at. 
um, so that also there's an expectation starts to build. Either like, oh, we're doing really well, we can expect probably a bonus at the end of the year, or oh, it's going to be a tough year. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I did one the other day, and uh, we're we're quite a lot behind this year. So you know, so probably the expectations a little bit lower, <laughs> but um, it's still yeah. It's only a few months in to our financial year, so. But yeah. it's also good incentive mm. um, for for them to maybe work harder, or or maybe just you know spread the word more about being there and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think we, it's sometimes hard for people to to necessarily realize the the part that they play mm. in that. So sometimes one can feel like, oh well, you know, I'm not really in control of how that happens. Uh, so, yeah, I think we've we have really tried to to sort of demonstrate that everyone has such a key uh, role to play. You know, whether you are putting on the label on the bag, um, how that sits on the pick and pay shelf will, you know, if they're all beautiful and straight, whatever, it presents a brand image, mm. um, which is of perfection. And that will hopefully cause someone to, you know, to pick up the bag. Um, you know, it's the same, obviously, you know, that the, when you're packing that, uh, you know, that the content that it's ground properly and that it's weighed properly and yeah, you know, so everyone you know and how it's packed and that they're not scrunched and you know so you know you may not you may not think that you have a key you know role in the business um, and and in determining its financial success, but uh, uh, I believe everyone does, and we have certainly tried to to explain you know make that sort of clear mm-hmm. that no matter who you are and what you do, you are critical component of this company's success. Hmm. Um, another thing that largely influences uh, people's monthly incomes is uh, debit orders, as you mentioned, yeah. medical aid and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does everyone in your staff body have certain benefits, standard benefits? So like you, mm. had a, like you put a standard for a living wage number mm. figure, mm. does everyone, including temporary staff, have you know certain benefits? Um, benefits yeah i suppose uh, i think um because the company contributes half i think everyone i'm I'm pretty sure everyone is on the retirement annuity so Mm. um the medical aid there's not 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 uh, as many people on Mm. um because we will pay we will pay 60 percent but you know not everyone is happy to pay the the other 40 (laughs) um and so that that has had less less success than i would obviously like um you know, especially when you land up wait, you know, waiting in a government hospital, you yeah. would l- love to say, "Why didn't we do that?" <laughs> um, but I do understand. I mean, the, um, I think the the difficulty for for so many people is is the demands on on their income, you know, and how many extra people they're supporting, mm. and I think that's a huge a huge factor. So, you know, just you know that that monthly amount certainly gets allocated hmm. um, way too quickly um, and so there's not a lot of you know and not a lot of fat really hmm. um, I think almost no matter how much you earn it seems sometimes yeah. know, it just gets carved carved up so those extra you know, hmm. you asked, I don't know if I answered your question though no, you did well, you did yeah because I, I was wondering if uh, what the benefits yeah. yeah I suppose naturally working for a coffee company everyone gets two kilos of coffee a, a month that oh. they can uh, <laughs> they can take home Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so apart from that, I'm trying to think what else there is. Your retirement. So they um, deal with their own debit then, orders. Yeah, all okay. of that is everyone does their own. Yeah. Okay. And overtime, 
Um, yeah. So do you expect overtime work uh, and how do you deal with it when it happens? Yeah, we don't we don't have a, a huge amount of overtime. I think uh, we've sort of, I guess we've sort of structured it that most, you know, most of the stuff can get can get done um, in that time. Um, but but a, a lot of people really like, well, likes having some extra some extra time, and because our whole our salaries are just uh, um, based on a forty five hour Monday to Friday work week. Um, and we're open uh, at the cafes on Saturday and Sunday. A lot of uh, people would like, even you know, people who are to at the Smith Street production side, uh, like to have um, shifts um, at the cafe, uh, mm. and because so, that helps to add a bit of income. Or you know, when we have events like the coffee and chocolate things, or we do quite a lot of mobile events, uh, yeah, people are keen to to supplement their income, and they can, yeah, and it's quite a can be quite a significant piece, but it's also it's always hmm. dependent on whether your people want. I mean, some people are able to, and the family commitments and things. Is some it, people can't. So, yeah. Is it paid at the same rate as the rate that you pay salaries? So everything over forty-five hours is at one and a half times, um, and then uh, anything on Sunday is double. Okay, but yeah. you're, you're working with the same salary figures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not yeah. any lower or no. a so different. So and um, obviously, if you are earning, uh, if you're earning more, your hourly rate is more. Therefore, your one and a half times is more. So mm. yeah, so that those numbers obviously scale as well based on yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So as a good as a sharp employer, I should be um, making sure that um, if you're on. Uh, the lowest employed employee should be working the most overtime because they'll be the most cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> At any yeah. point, did you think to engineer <laughs> no. anything like that? No, not yet. No. <laughs> As it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the, so often it's a combination of uh, what naturally happens. It's a combination mm. of people, people with different levels of skills combining together to form a team that can operate at a particular space mm. so you ultimately that's what you have you know mm. um, okay. you have uh, you know some people who have, who have um, some you know either license and rista skills or you know and they combine with others and then um, you know so you have a a team of varying skills and mm. so yeah you know. and how do you deal with things like um, skills development um, to open up your staff to you know, other opportunities or possibilities. So, in terms of skills development, I mean, we have we have our own internal training every every Monday um, from five till six. So we we and we have uh, we cover all sorts of things coffee related. So uh, last night we did uh, the espresso machine and just the inner workings and looked uh, looked some videos on that and we've got some great training material. Which uh, and then we'll. Uh, and we'll have a test next week. So we, we do a lot of testing as well. Um, there's uh, to make things fun. There's usually financial um, incentives related to scoring well. Um, mm. So there's uh, yeah, uh, depending on how you've moved on your previous score to your next score, um, you know there's uh, there's a little f- financial prize for everyone who moves um, because uh, uh, we used to sort of do it as a uh, you know the top. You know, top five, and that doesn't really work because it's oftentimes the same people who land up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we worked on on improvement on your previous scores. So, yeah, so we do a bit of uh, we do that every Monday, um, and then uh, you know we've done like this this last this last year quite a few people 
mentioned, you know, wanting some extra computer skills. So we've just recently done a, a whole day of um, Excel training. We got in a trainer and uh, um, had uh, I think eight or eight people go through a full day on on Excel uh, because, you know, we. I've always uh, said that in order to improve and uh, and earn more money, you really you, know, you have to add value, mm. um, and so uh, we're happy to 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 you know to pay and to be involved in courses, and we often times have uh, um, have subsidised or p- partially covered different you know people's um, you know business management courses or things. So we'll, we'll definitely try as much as we can to to help people to grow in their skills. Um, particularly, and th- and then obviously, as those skills are acquired, then they then they can have impact on the business. And if they have impact on the business, then that causes a um, the an increase in your salary. So, what do promotions yeah. look like in the coffee industry? I suppose the um, you know in a on the on the cafe side, I suppose that there's the there'd be a barista you know the barista side. So you'd start sort of as a you know, as a junior barista, and then you sort of move your Way up as as your skills um, as your skills improved, uh, as your knowledge improves on coffee, gives you the ability to you know to interact with customers and to upsell them on you know try this Ethiopian coffee it's amazing florals whatever we love it in an era press you know um, you know you need to be able to you know display that knowledge confidently and as you do that um, so in term you know so your value. Your value increases, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, so up through the ranks, you know, to sort of head barista, um, and then um, I think where uh, the sort of next step from there is to say, well, the management of the cafe, um, and that obviously requires quite a lot more of the financial part, the ordering, um, the costings, the you know, making sure that we, you know, don't order too many cakes or too many sandwiches or you know, um, some of those. You know, so those aspects, not running out of stock, not carrying too much stock, um, you know, the balancing of, you know, the cash ups, the balancing of that. So the more the more you can, you know, I guess, demonstrate that those skills are required uh, and the less work, that, I guess, that, that is required, um, you know, to to wrap those sort of numbers up, then, um, you know, that's, that's the increase of the value. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in the... In the in the cafe space, you probably land up sort of a cafe manager, um, and then and then I suppose from there I would say that you know for some people that may be time to venture out and start their own business. Kaniso in the, in Cape Town, um, he was our roaster, and he said that he would uh, love to have an opportunity to be in a market, um, and uh, asked if uh, we could help him sort of to, uh, with an espresso machine. So we bought the espresso machine and he's pay, paid us back over the course of a number of months. And uh, that enabled him to start on a Saturday when he wasn't working um, to start to, to add some extra income. And it did so well that uh, he landed up. He's now, I think he's got um, two, if not three, I think I think he's got three stations in the same market. Hmm. Um, it's a really busy market in Cape Town. Uh, and, uh, and, after and he's also doing a lot of mobile events in the week, and he's just recently got the KPMG contract, so he's supplying coffee into KPMG as well, uh, onto their oh. various floors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, I mean now now when we have mobile events, um, we 
um, he contracts back to us, <laughs> so we pay him for his time. And in fact, we even rented machines from him. So oh, wow. we have the same system, you know, mm. going back and forth. He says, this is the price for an espresso machine for a day, and this is a grinder, and he invoices us. And, you know, so he's done, yeah, I mean, he's done well. He's even developed his own brand and, you know, mm. got some packaging going. And, yeah, so oh, that's phenomenal. very exciting. Mm. And mm. Uh, the the last scenario um, just regarding the different things that affect livelihood, equity, mm. equity in your company. Um, yeah. Have you dealt yeah. with that? Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I suppose it's. Uh, um, it's been a question, especially as uh, people move up a little bit further into the, you know, into the management side of the business. Um, and I don't know if we've got a, a final answer on it yet. Um, and and maybe it's a little bit. Uh, uh, it's really a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, just, it can it can get complicated from a structure point of view, just from shareholders and directors, and you know, um, potentially too many people putting in too much, you know, too many different inputs into a, into that space. So that's a possible complication. In our one, it's a little bit easier, and that um, the because we haven't shut the lights out from a profit point of view. Um, you know, equity is not 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 hugely. Not hugely valuable, mm. um, and so, so I think that uh, you know our decision has been to to rather reward based on you know based on profit, so um, and rather use use that as incentive, um, because we could you know possibly you know put together you know sort of an employee sort of sh- share scheme whatever, but when you aren't really um, when you don't have a whole lot to pay out in that, it sort of feels a little bit. Empty in a sense, you know. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that I've got a, I've got a good answer on that yet, <laughs> um, because I know that sometimes it's not just, it's not the just the financial part. It's knowing yeah. that I'm part of something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that is sometimes more important. And I know that, you know, for me that's probably the part. You know, knowing that I have some stake in this business, even though, you know, it's probably. Not going to make me super super rich. Mm. It's there's something about uh, about it that uh, you know you feel part of it, and I think yeah. that's that's the component that I'd like. I think we need to come up with a better plan for. Mm. I mean, I I asked you these questions because I feel like in some mm. level they can be asked at varying scales. Mm. So with you, it's with your business and your staff, um, yeah. but. W- as an individual with a domestic worker, for instance, mm. um, things like bonuses and overtime, those things also still apply. Yeah. Um, something like equity could be, you know, uh, whether putting a domestic worker in your will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how much of a stake does she have in raising your children, in helping you, mm. you know, earn your riches and whatever it is? Yeah. Um, yeah. How, so how much of it is also a personal investment when she's taking care of your family? Yeah. Um, so what do you think at the moment inhibits at the smallest scale with employers, between employers and domestic workers, what do you mm. think inhibits a lot from paying a living wage? Um, I mean, I think there's obviously a lot of the, you know, when you, when you, you hear a lot of arguments to say, well, you know, I couldn't, if I paid the, you know, someone many more, I really couldn't afford them, you know. Um, and so I think that's sort of oftentimes a justification. Uh, I think um, what to, home for me when in in reading Nigel's initial sort of piece uh was the fact that you know I may say you know say that well well that's all I could possibly afford but um what of what other luxuries and what other things do I actually just sort of somehow take for granted in my own life 
mm. as being standard and given, you know. And if I and if I reduce those, you know, what happens if I, you know, do I need, you know, DSTV? Do I need, you know, what what other things, you know, um, you know, could I could I cut out, you know? Um, how often do we go and have, you know, do we go to a restaurant? Do we have takeaways, or whatever. Could I cut that down and find, you know, extra money within my own. Um, within my own household, and I think the answer is yes. You know, you certainly can. So saying that I can't afford to is not really, not really true. Um, but I think it's how we, you know, you sort of think that that's what everyone else sort of thinks. I think you sometimes get into a bit of a crowd, maybe get into a bit <laughs> of a crowd mentality. mindset on this. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think um, uh, yeah, I do think that uh, they, uh, that's probably one of the one of the factors that. Uh, that uh, inhibits people. Um, yeah, I think the other thing is that is that we don't that that maybe we don't uh, we look around at people around us and sort of set our as we as I sort of did at the beginning. Between this, what what is everyone our competitors paying? You know, what is for us to earn? What is it? You know, and sort of set say, okay, well, I want to be better than that, and so that's what I'll set my number at. You know. Um, and, uh, and and instead of actually, you know, saying, well, what is required to live? Mm. Um, and I think that's obviously, you know, a different different argument. And I think very you know, different from a, question. Yeah. yeah. And I think from a from a domestic worker point of view, that should be the question. It's not it's, who cares what anyone else is paying. Um, mm. You know, what a what is required to live? What is transport? What is you know, do some analysis of you know school fees and you know all those things and say, well, what's what's left? You know. Um, I think the parts, the part where it gets tricky, which we've talked about, I suppose, is the, is is the dependence on that, the dependency on that particular salary. So, you know, yeah. so when you do that, you may look at that scenario in one situation, and mm. you look and you pay exactly the same in another situation, and it looks totally different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you may say this is a, this this could be a living wage in this environment. With two dependents, but yes. if the living wage in this environment where nobody's working and there's six people, you know, in the house, all depending yes, on this yes, one person, suddenly, family, yeah. yeah, suddenly these ex- you're paying the exact same hmm. number, and it has, um, but two totally different livelihoods mm. um, are playing out in those situations. So. I mean, that point as well. Like, it, I could imagine that it would be so difficult for a domestic worker to ask for an increase in pay knowing that she has extended family to pay for because she mm. might think it's not my employer's responsibility. Mm. So who am I to ask for the kind of money that can, you know, pay for this extended family? Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, um, we've had a few discussions out with, uh, um, with the boys that have been there on black tax Oh and, um, yes, yeah. The and it's black uh, tax. and it is so. I mean, it's something that you know, it's white South Africans you don't even really think about, you know, mm. and it, as it's such a, such a massive part. Mm. Um, and um, I remember at one point, uh, one of our employees, uh, we had two bank accounts. We'd pay half his salary into one and half into the other, because of the scrutiny that his bank account oh, was wow. being was under from his family, <laughs> and so. Said the point, you know, getting an increase was pointless because it'll just, um, it doesn't make any, it won't make any change to his own life because it'll just get distributed. The actual amount left to move forward um, would uh, remain exactly the same. So, what do you wish you knew (laughs) when you first started, Um, or what kind of advice do you think you could pass down to anyone who's interested in trying this out? Yeah, I mean, I think the it's 
I would say just don't overthink it too much. You just need to do it um, <laughs> okay. because I think uh, you'll always find reasons not to not to do stuff. You know, mm. so uh, you know you could debate it and you go back and forth. And what about you know um, you know dependence and you know and is it the right? And you could spend you can spend a whole lot of time modeling all different scenarios. And it's not perfect in any way, um, and it's not going to be. Um, it's it's a whole it it is it's messy you know um, but it, but I think you've just got to put a stake in the ground and do it and um, make a change. Um, I I think that I think it comes I do think it comes back to you. I think if you create an environment where people are paid well, um, you create a healthy environment. People don't leave. Uh, if people don't leave, you don't lose skills. You're not retraining people. You have you know you hopefully foster an environment where there's a family. Feel all of that has to be good for your business. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think that you know paying a living wage is is good. For, I mean, I think it's good for the person paying it as much as for the person receiving it. Mm. Has it been rewarding? Um, I think it's just. Uh, I think to to know that uh, you're on the path of uh, you know of of paying people better, and that that when you see when you see people move forward in their lives, and you see. You see change happening, and you see, you know, weddings and cars, and you know, um, you know, you see, you see some of the displays of of change mm. in people. I mean, it can be simple, you know, things, you know, clothing and new shoes here, and that sort of thing. A lot of these things just start to say, you start to see change in yeah. people. Uh, we had uh, the time recently telling our stories um, to each other out of gas, mm. my story initiative. Um, and you know, just to hear some of the, to know that in some way we are part of some of the change in people, yes. um, that's hugely rewarding. Mm. Um, when when I listen to some of the stories that I listened to, and the fact that uh, being there was mentioned as the, a significant change element in their lives, wow. that was super rewarding. So, you know, I was, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know here on the maid sessions, we appreciate mm. your stake in the ground. <laughs> yeah. um, and I really hope that a lot follow suit, um, mm. whether it's companies or individuals. So thank you so much for sharing this with mm. us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, having me. yeah, we'd, we'd really love to also sort of see how it grows in time and the yeah. kind of influence that it, that mm. it brings. Mm. Well, it mm. needs to be more and better and, you know. So it's an, it's a learning, evolving process, and mm. I'm sure that uh, well, I know we haven't got it right all the time, and you know, so but uh, that shouldn't stop us from from pushing. To the listeners, please make sure to follow us on Twitter. That's at Made Labs, Made underscore Labs. That's M A D E underscore L A B S, as well as our Facebook page, uh, Made dot Labs, which is M A D E again dot. L-A-B-S. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you. Um, and join us on the next week's session of the Made Sessions on CliffCentral.com where we'll have Lois, who works for Been There, um, who is now on a living wage, and just to explore um, what her experience and the changes in her life that she's, she's experienced. Have a good afternoon. <laughs> Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.